Hi, I'm Ken. And I'm Dee. And this is Chris. Hi. And Paris. Hello. Bringing together the terrible antique book freaks to tackle the next chapter of Varney the Vampire. Now, unless I'm much mistaken, neither of you have kept up with Varney the Vampire since the last time you were on this podcast. Absolutely not. That's correct. I, I am not a patron. I do not have access. And therefore... I could email you the MP3s, but like... <laughs> I just thought it would be funnier if I had no fucking idea what was going on when I came back. So, uh, you're welcome. <laughs> Listen, what you know, it, it, it's got a vampire in it. There's British people or something. There's probably a big house. Gay butlers? Do we have gay but? Do we have gay butler? Can I get more gay butler in the Varney monitors? No, but we do have something else. Okay. We do have something else, which we think you will enjoy. <laughs> okay. All righty. I have a question. Okay, what? Will you two have aged an entire year by the time you finish reading Varney? Yes. We will have aged two years. Ah, that's incredible. Well, I don't think, well, the thing about that is I don't actually think that I'm, I'm going to age at all. And it's going to be pretty terrifying when you guys come down to the crypt and you don't find my body there. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> In At the end of Varney, we're going to find out that D is a vampire. The real vampire was the friends we made along the way. <laughs> exactly, you fools. <laughs> I just love that when you start this and when you end it, you're going to be, you're both going to be two different people or four different people. There's going to be, there's going to be a split somewhere. <laughs> there's going to be beginning Varney Ken and end Varney Ken, beginning Varney D and end Varney D. Ah, beautiful. One set of podcasters will be much more vampiric than the other. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see if Varney, reading Varney can get me a man. Like, I'm, I'm going to end out this story married. <laughs> I'm just going to yeah. say I'm projecting into the universe. Okay. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. We'll, we'll all be married. <laughs> D married by the time Varney is done. So there's going to be the a time, time where Varney D's like, over. D's like, we got to slow this down. I'm not married yet. <laughs> yeah, I have like, like, please, please, God, I'm having, I'm having like a fucking third midlife crisis. Oh, God. All right. So we are on chapter 18. <laughs> And we're sticking with our Eye of Argon rules, right? Uh, if somebody fucks up, it goes to the next person. Yeah, yeah, All right, yeah. sick. And boy, does Varney just offer lots of opportunities to fuck up. <laughs> okay. Chapter 18, The Admiral's Advice, The Challenge to the Vampire, The New Servant at the <laughs> Hall. The violent ringing of the bell continued uninterruptedly until at length George volunteered to answer it. <laughs> this is how things go as a fucking household. The fact was that now there was no servant at all in the place, for, after the one who had recently demanded of Henry her dismissal had left, the other was terrified to remain alone and had precipitately gone from the house, without even going through the ceremony of announcing her intention to. <laughs> to be sure, she sent a boy for her money afterwards, which may be considered a great act of condescension. So she bailed on her last two weeks. All right. Ah, fuck, whatever, you know, just get your money, lady. Yeah, agree. Rich fucks are too good for that to answer a doorbell. <laughs> yeah, just standing in the living room, staring at each other like, oh, I've never had to do this before. My God. Suspecting then this state of things, George himself hastened to the gate and being not over well pleased at the continuous and unnecessary ringing which was kept up at it, he opened it quickly and cried with more impatience by a vast amount than was usual with him. Who is so impatient that he cannot wait a seasonable time for the door to be opened? <laughs> I forgot about this. 
Are we pronouncing this duh uh, or yeah, well, welcome to the Varney's No Cuss Club. You're not allowed to cuss in Varney. And who the D dash L are you? cried one who was immediately outside. Who do you want? cried George. Shiver my timbers, cried Admiral <laughs> Bell, for it was no other than that personage. What's that to you? We had to make the Admiral a caricature of a pirate, you see. By not catching up on Varney, you two missed the introduction of Admiral Bell and several other characters who are going to follow him, I'm sure. I'm pretty psyched. You guys, I I do wish you guys had heard the Ballad of Josiah Crinkles, because I think he's out of the story for good now. Excuse me? (laughs) I mean, I'm going to go back and listen after we do this episode. Uh, So... Aye, aye, added Jack. Answer that if you can, you shore-going-looking swab. (laughs) Fuck you over my land clothes! How dare you insult my land clothes! I have a problem with this next line. Two madmen, I suppose, ejaculated George. (laughs) (laughs) Just the worst line. And he would have closed the gate upon them. But Jack introduced between it and the post the end of a thick stick. <laughs> oh, I bet he did. How is answering a fucking doorbell becoming pervy right now? Like, <laughs> because Victorian. Such is the power of Varney the Vampire. He crammed his thick stick in it. Saying, Avast there, none of that. We have had trouble enough to get in. If you are the family lawyer or the chaplain, perhaps you'll tell us where Mr. Charlie is. Once more, I demand of you who you want, said George, who is now perhaps a little amused at the conduct of the impatient visitors. We want the Admiral's Navy, said Jack. What? I thought that was Navy spelled stupidly. I thought they were like, we want all your ships. I want Damn. the Navy. Why your Navy? Gimme. But how do I know who is the Admiral's Navy, as you call him? Why, Charles Holland, to be sure. Have you got him aboard or not? Mr. Charles Holland is certainly here, and if you had said at once and explicitly that you wished to see him, I could have given you a direct answer. Did this person just ask if someone was aboard a house? Uh-huh. <laughs> the, the Admiral has one personality trait. And I'll be oh, goddamn okay. if anyone's going to take that no, from him. No, he has two personality okay. traits. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, sorry. I was just going to have to accept that this man assumes he's shipbound at all times. <laughs> yes. He is 100% of the time cosplaying Jack Sparrow, yes. He can't grok a world in which he's not on a boat. Mm. He is here, cried the Admiral. Most certainly. Come along then, yet stop a bit, I say, young fellow, just before we go any further. Tell us if he has maimed the vampire. The what? The vampire, said Jack, (laughs) by way of being, as he considered, a little more explanatory than the Admiral. If any of you guys are out there looking for a band name, may I suggest Wampire? Wampire is pretty good. I do like Wampire. Spelling bee, uh, Wampire, W-A-M-P-H-I-G-H-E-R, Wampire, Wampire. This sounds like the uwu anime girl way to pronounce vampire. Oh, what's this? You haven't wamped high enough. You need to Wampire. Wampire. Is it just your Wamp? I do not know what you mean, said George, if you wish to see Mr. Charles Holland walk in and see him. He is in this house, but for myself, as you are strangers to me, I decline answering any questions, lest their... Nope. Oh, ah, okay. Let their import be what they may. Uh, Chris, do you want to take over? Okay, but you're going to make me start on this word I don't know how to say. Let? 
No, no. Such is Varney. Ken said the rest of that line, but then there's this word at the start of the next paragraph. Hiloa is how I was. Just hooked on phonics it. Sound it out. Okay. Hiloa, who are they? Suddenly cried Jack as he pointed to two figures some distance off in the meadows who appeared to be angrily conversing. George glanced in the direction towards which Jack pointed, and there he saw Sir Francis Varney and Mr. Marchdale standing within a few paces of each other, and apparently engaged in some angry discussion. Oh, fuck, Varney isn't even off the property yet? <laughs> he's just hanging the fuck no, around. No, he's, he's, he's hung up with Daddy Dale oh, God. out in the yard. Oh, Daddy Dale. His first impulse was to go immediately towards them, but before he could execute even that suggestion of his mind... He saw Varney strike Marchdale, and the latter fell to the ground. Oh, no. <laughs> Varney's throwing oh. hands. Oh. <laughs> Daddy Dale has been struck. Over. <laughs> Shit. Allow me to pass, cried George, as he endeavored to get by the rather unwieldy form of the admiral. But before he could accomplish this, for the gate was narrow, he saw Varney with great swiftness make off, and Marchdale, rising to his feet, came towards the hall. When Marchdale got near enough to the garden gate to see George, he motioned to him to remain where he was, and then, quickening his pace, he soon came up to the spot. Marchdale, cried George, you have had an encounter with Sir Francis Varney. <laughs> Congratulations. I have, said Marchdale, in an excited manner. I threatened to follow him, but he struck me to the earth as easily as I could a child. His strength is superhuman. I saw you fall. I believe, but that he was observed, he would have murdered me. Okay. Indeed. <laughs> okay. All right. Marchdale, how weak are you? What? Do you mean to say that lanky, horse marine-looking fellow is what? as bad as that? Horse said the admiral. Horse marine? Horse marine? Horse marine-looking fellow. So as the person who has read through an entire book of 19th century nautical slang for reasons, I can confirm that horse marine and every other insult the admiral throws out is an actual nautical insult of the time. Oh, what is horse marine? (laughs) The, The Navy did not have a very high opinion of the marines at the time. Ah, I see. Okay, so it is derogatory. Yes. Marchdale now turned his attention to the two newcomers, upon whom he looked with some surprise, and then, turning to George, he said, Is this gentleman a visitor? To Mr. Holland, I believe he is, said George, but I have not the pleasure of knowing his name. Oh, you may know my name as soon as you like, cried the Admiral. The enemies of old England know it, and I don't care if all the world knows it. I'm old Admiral Bell. Something of a Hulk now, but still able to head a quarter deck if there was any need to do so. The hulking admiral. (laughs) Aye, aye, cried Jack, and taking from his pocket a boatswain's whistle, he blew a blast so long and loud and shrill that George was fain to cover his ears with his hands to shut out the brain-piercing and to him unusual sound. Oh, hell yes. (laughs) Why why is this vampire story, like, boat-based all of a sudden? What what is it... Do they just need a pirate? We missed a lot. We missed like 12 chapters, I think, or something. So, or Okay, 10. if they were on a boat or something, but all of a sudden everything is nautical. Like. Jack and the Admiral have an understanding between them that they will be LARPing their Navy days at, no matter how far inland they get. <laughs> I see. Forever. I see. I see. And are you then a relative, said Marchdale, of Mr. Holland, sir, may I ask? I'm his uncle, and be D-deed to him. 
if you must know, and someone has told me that the young scamp thinks of marrying a mermaid or a ghost or a vampire or some such thing, <laughs> so for the sake of the memory of his poor mother, I've come to say no to the bargain and D-N me, who cares? <laughs> come in, sir, said George. I will conduct you to Mr. Holland. I presume this is your servant? Why, not exactly. Not exactly! That's Jack Pringle. <laughs> he makes those tasty chips. You've seen him? Not really a servant. Not quite a servant. Well, in, maybe in the Depeche Mode sense, a servant, but you know. <laughs> I He be my sub. <laughs> I... <laughs> that would be funny because of nautical terms are jokes. <laughs> aye, aye. Why not exactly? That's Jack Pringle. He was my boatswain, you see. And now he's kind of something betwixt and between. Not exactly a servant. It's a lot like life. <laughs> aye, aye, sir, said Jack. Have it all your own way, though we is paid off. Hold your tongue, you audacious scoundrel, will you? Oh, so he's a bratty sub. Oh, I forgot. You don't like anything said about paying off. Because it puts you in mind of, now, D-N-U, I'll have you strung up to the yard arm, you dog, if you don't belay there. <laughs> I'm done. All's right. Oh, boy. <laughs> All right. By this time, the party, including the Admiral, Jack, George Bannerworth, and Marchdale, had got more than halfway across the garden oh, and were observed by Charles Holland and Henry, who had come to the steps of the hall to see what was going on. The moment Charles saw the Admiral, a change of color came over his face, and he exclaimed, by all that surprising, there is my uncle. What a really cutting to the quick of that statement. Like, why by something shocking, that's my uncle. What a surprise, <laughs> a surprise. I mean, by this point, all we've read is that there's a guy obsessed with ships at the door who doesn't want someone to marry a vampire. And then like the vampire punched someone in the yard. And now everyone's only halfway across the yard because we have to describe every painstaking footstep. Ugh. Yeah, well, you, you know exa exactly where they are in the garden. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this whole thing has been someone answering the door. Yes. <laughs> Your uncle, said Henry. Yes, as good a hearted a man as ever drew breath, and yet withal as full of prejudices and as ignorant of life as a child. That's unfair, especially coming from fucking Charles of all people. I know. Without waiting for any reply from Henry, Charles Holland rushed forward and seized his uncle by the hand. He cried in tones of genuine affection, Uncle, dear uncle, how came you to find me out? Charlie, my boy, cried the old man. Bless you. I mean, confound your D-D impudence, you <laughs> rascal. I'm glad to see you. No, I ain't, you young mutineer. What do you mean by it, you ugly, ill-looking D-D fine fellow? My dear boy, you <laughs> infernal scoundrel. <laughs> This is a normal conversation. Yep, totally fine. I'm giving this guy the uh, King of Hyrule voice from the Wand of Gamelon CDI Phillips thing, if you guys have ever seen that. My boy. That. My boy. This piece is what all kingdoms strive for. <laughs> I'll get my stuff. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, wow. I can't wait to bomb a vampire. Oh, no. All this was accompanied by a shaking of the hand which was enough to dislocate anybody's shoulder and which Charles was compelled to bear as well as he could. It quite prevented him from speaking, however, for a few moments, for it nearly shook the breath out of him. When, then, he could get in a word, he said, Uncle, I dare say you are surprised. Surprised? D-N me, I am surprised. 
Well, I shall be able to explain all to your satisfaction, I am sure. Allow me now to introduce you to my friends. Turning then to Henry, Charles said, This is Mr. Henry Bannerworth, uncle, and this is Mr. George Bannerworth, both good friends of mine, and this is Mr. Marchdale, a friend of theirs, uncle. Oh, indeed. And here you see Admiral Bell, my most worthy but rather eccentric uncle. Confound your impudence! What brought him here I cannot tell, but he is a brave officer and a gentleman. None of your nonsense, said the admiral. And here you sees Jack Pringle, said that individual introducing himself, since no one appeared inclined to do that office for him. A tar for all weathers, one as hates the French and is never so happy as when he's alongside of some of those lubberly <laughs> craft blazing away. Wow, good job not fucking that up. That was a, that was a minefield. Minefield. Shit, at every part of what you, what just came out of your mouth. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was insane. And now forever, the Pringles guy on the Pringles can is this character in my mind. Jack Pringle. That's uncommonly true, remarked the Admiral. Will you walk in, sir? Said Henry courteously. Any friend of Charles Holland's is most welcome here. You will have much to excuse us for because we are deficient in servants at present. In consequence of come occurrences to in our family, which your nephew has our full permission to explain to you in full. Oh my God, are we going to get past the threshold? Are we getting into the door? <laughs> no. Is it happening? No, no, they can't. They can't let us in. <sighs> oh, very good. I tell you what it is, all of you. What I've seen of you, D-E, I like. So here goes. Come along, Jack. The Admiral walked into the house, and as he went, Charles Holland said to him, How came you to know I was here, Uncle? Some fellow wrote me a dispatch. Indeed. Yes, saying at you was a going to marry some odd sort of fish as it wasn't at all the thing to introduce into the family. Am I having a stroke? <laughs> uh, yeah, I yeah. think so. Think also, you are. <laughs> what, what's that? Why do they keep saying mermaid or fish or vampire? Like, why are those getting confused? The Admiral is unclear on the concept of a vampire as it's a very new creature to him. Okay. He doesn't encounter many at sea, it seems. Mm. What was the curse that's D-E? I think it's either damn me or damn ye. <laughs> damn ye. Oh, that makes sense, yeah. Oh, wow. I was going to go with dance because that's probably forbidden dance. at this time for some reason. Was was a vampire mentioned? That's the very thing. Hush, uncle, hush. What for? Do not, I implore, hint at such a thing before these kind friends of mine. I will take an opportunity within the next hour of explaining all to you, and you shall form your own kind and generous judgment upon circumstances in which my honor and my happiness are so nearly concerned. Gammon, <laughs> said the admiral. Kind friends of mine. Charles Holland in the span of, a, it seems like a day, although I'm not tracking time very well here, was punched in the face, strangled, told to shut up, and begged by every member of the family to leave. Kind friends. Ah, the kindest of friends. What, uncle? Oh, I know you want to palaver me into saying it's all right, I suppose, if my judgment and generosity don't like it. I shall be an old fool and a cursed goose. Now, <laughs> uncle. Now, nevy. Well, well, no more at present. We will talk over this at leisure. You promise me to say nothing about it until you have heard my explanation, uncle. Very good. Make it as soon as you can and as short as you can. That's all I ask of you. <laughs> I will, I will. 
Charles was to the full as anxious as his uncle could be to enter upon the subject some remote information of which he felt convinced had brought the old man down to the hall. Who it could have been that so far intermeddled with his affairs as to write to him he could not possibly conceive. A very few words will suffice to explain the pressure. Pre- there it is. <laughs> wow, that was, that was a good yeah. run. Wow, good run. You, got, you did a good run, yeah. That was amazing, Chris. Well done. Yeah, you made it through a lot of made-up admiral words. So. Yeah, that was, dude, That I would have failed like five times during that. There's a lot of sentences in there where I was just like, don't think about the grammar, just say the word that <laughs> yeah. is in front of your eyes. And <laughs> Yes. Don't think it, don't say it, the grammar man. Oh, no. <laughs> All right, D, and take us take us away to the... All right. The gram-gram man. <clears throat> uh, where do, wait, where do we leave off? A, a very, very few, few words, words will, will suffice. suffice. Okay. A very few words will suffice to explain the precise position in which Charles Holland was. A considerable sum of money had been left to him, but it was saddled with the condition that he should not come into possession of it until he was one year beyond the age which is usually denominated that of discretion, namely, twenty-one. His uncle, the Admiral, was the trustee of his fortune, and he, with rare discretion, had got the active and zealous assistance of a professional gentleman of great honor and eminence to conduct the business for him. Wow. Okay, I didn't think I'd make it through that. Yeah, it was great. This gentleman... (laughs) a lot of sentences that have neither subjects nor predicates <laughs> <laughs> this gentleman had advised that for the two years between the ages of 20 and 22 charles holland should travel inasmuch as in english society he would find himself in any awkward position being for one whole year of age and yet waiting for his property why <laughs> are there so many sentences about this dude turning 22 a very few words we were promised and quickly I do really like that his accountant told him to go abroad or else everyone would make fun of him for being a loser. I like that. (laughs) Yeah, that's pretty good. Good advice. Pretty good. Under such circumstances, reasoned the lawyer, a young man, unless he is possessed of very rare discretion indeed, is almost sure to get fearfully involved with money lenders. Being of age, his notes and bills and bonds would all be good and he would be in a ten times worse situation than a wealthy miner. All this was duly explained to Charles, who, rather eagerly than otherwise, caught at the idea of a two years wander on the continent, where he could visit so many places, which to a well-read young man like himself, and one of a lively imagination, were full of the most delightful associations. But the acquaintance with Flora Bannerworth effected a great revolution in his feelings. The dearest, sweetest spot on earth became that which she inhabited. When the Bannerworths left him abroad, he knew not what to do with himself. Everything, and every pursuit in which he had before taken a delight, became most distasteful to him. He was, in fact, in a short time, completely used up. Oh, God. And then he determined upon returning to England, and finding out the dear object of his attachment at once. This resolution was no sooner taken than his health and spirits returned to him, and with what rapidity he could, he now made his way to his native shores. It feels like I'm running uphill. Yeah, you are running up a literary hill. Don't you love how they refer to they refer to a woman as a dear object of his attachment? We were promised a very few words, and so far there have been 347 of them. Thank you for keeping track, Ken. 
really useful to know. The two... <laughs> the two years were so nearly expired that he made up his mind he would not communicate either with his uncle, the admiral, in case you forgot, or the professional gentleman upon whose judgment he set so high and so just a value. And at the hall, he considered he was in perfect security from any interruption, and so he would have been, but for that letter which was written to Admiral Bell and signed Josiah Crinkles. <laughs> but which Josiah... <laughs> I keep imagining like Jack Pringles and Josiah Kringles as this sort of like <laughs> potato chip and french fry duo yes. that keep meddling with Charles oh Holland's yes. business. Incredible. Yes. The Pringle, the Pringle like They and both Pringle. take his like Pringle. potato farm from him and keep like cutting them up and frying them in various ways. <laughs> that he does not enjoy it. There's nothing you can do about it, Charles. We're taking your potatoes. This is a potato vampire. But which Josiah Crinkles so emphatically denied all knowledge of. Who wrote it? Remains at present one of those mysteries which time, in the progress of our narrative, will clear up. Thinks the author did tell me that they would continue writing the book. That is. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Good I thought to it was going to end. I thought it was going to end on a cliffhanger. <laughs> oh no. Who's Josiah Crinkles? Just kind of hoping the book would end. How <laughs> <laughs> oh, aren't we all? The opportune, or rather the painful juncture at which Charles Holland had arrived at Bannerworth Hall, we are well cognizant of. Where he expected to find smiles, he found tears and at least one fist in his face. <laughs> and the family with whom he had fondly hoped he should pass a time of uninterrupted happiness, he found plunged in the gloom incidental to an occurrence of the most painful character. Like that sentence. Whew. Our readers will perceive, too, that I have interrupted the book to talk about what's <laughs> happened in the book so far. <laughs> and coming as he did with an utter disbelief in Charles had been compelled in some measure to yield you made a to mistake. the over and then I realized it was a joke wow sorry. I, I, <laughs> I thought your mouth just like broke I thought your jaw <laughs> I was like oh no <laughs> oh no defunct it I've simply funked it simply funked it uh, Charles had been compelled in some measure to yield to the overwhelming weight of evidence which had been brought to bear upon the subject and although he could not exactly be said to believe in the existence and appearance of the van there it is I lost my place I lost my place in the sentence I went too fast it's okay <laughs> it was a lot <laughs> alright I want to call it it's camp alright uh, do you want me to start that sent that clause over again I would start at the clause. Yeah. I don't think you need to start the whole sentence. No. <laughs> yeah, please, please, not no. the whole sentence. S save yourself. And although he could not exactly be said to believe in the existence and the appearance of the vampire at Bannerworth Hall, he was upon the subject in a most painful state of doubt and indecision. Okay, so we were promised that a very few words will suffice to explain the precise position in which Charles Holland was. How many words were taken to explain this? 590. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Charles now took an opportunity to speak to Henry privately and inform him exactly how he stood with his uncle, adding, Now, my dear friend, if you forbid me, I will not tell my uncle of this sad affair, but I must own I would rather do so fully and freely and trust to his own judgment upon it. I implore you to do so, said Henry. Conceal nothing. Let him know the precise situation and circumstances of the family by all means. There is nothing so mischievous as secrecy. I have the greatest dislike to it. 
I beg you, tell him all. I will. And with it, Henry, I will tell him that my heart is irrevocably Flora's. Your generous clinging to one whom your heart saw and loved under very different auspices, said Henry. Believe me, Charles, sinks deep into my heart. She has related to me something of a meeting she had with you. Oh, Henry, she may tell you what I said, but there are no words that which can express the depth of my tenderness. Tis only time which can prove how much I love her. Oh, there's about 1,200 words, Charles. <laughs> we counted. <laughs> Go to your uncle, said Henry, in a voice of emotion. Wow. Great <laughs> writing. Which one? God bless you, Charles. Is it true? Ah, oh, fuck. It is true. I fucked that up. God, I barely read it. I couldn't even finish the fucking story. I read like 10 lines. Oh, you did. Oh, no. <laughs> it's not you. It's Barney. <laughs> uh, sorry. In a voice of emotion. Sorry, what emotion? You decide. <laughs> In a voice of emotion. Whichever one. Choose your own emotion. He's hysterical. He's laughing. <laughs> God bless you, Charles. It is true you would have been fully justified in leaving my sister, but the nobler and the more generous <laughs> pass Henry? <laughs> what? <laughs> Henry, what the fuck? Oh, you know, when she turns to a vampire, it's all, it's all off, you know? <laughs> but the nobler and the more generous path you have chosen has endeared you to us all. Is that why you tried to strangle him? Where is Flora now, said Charles? She is in her own room. I have persuaded her by some occupation to withdraw her mind from a too close and consequently painful contemplation of the distressing circumstances in which she feels herself placed. You are right. In addition to many other phrases, I think distressing circumstances and fearful supposition would be a good 48% of this entire text. Yeah, those, those keep coming up. In which she feels herself placed. That's like three layers of passivity right there listen we can't have any activity at bannerworth hall you are right what occupation best pleases her the pages of romance once had a charm for her gentle spirit then come with me and from among the few articles i brought with me here i can find some papers which may help her pass some merry hours <laughs> giving her a coloring book like why do you have to say it, like it just say i can find her a book to read i okay you like romance books <laughs> Let's find her a book. I can find some papers which may help her to pass some merry hours. I'll find her a book to read. Just say. No. Paid by the line. Charles took Henry to his room and, unstrapping a small valise, he took from it some manuscript papers, one of which he handed to Henry, saying, Give that to her. It contains an account of a wild adventure and shows that human nature... Oh, God, it's his book. No! <laughs> oh, no, are we Are we going to go book into a book, book into book? Like, we're, we're going to be... He's making Flora Beta read his book. <laughs> book, is this going to be bookception? Are we also going to have to read this book within Varney? Because if so, I will lose my mind. And shows that human nature may suffer much more, and that wrongfully too, than came ever under our present mysterious affliction. Here's a book that will absolutely depress her. It's exactly what she needs right now. Yeah, you know, recovering from the vampirism. I will, said Henry. <laughs> Great idea, Charles. I'll give her your screenplay about cancer. Thanks, <laughs> Charles. What the fuck? And coming from you, I'm sure it will have a more than ordinary value in her eyes. 
Yeah, it'll be worse. It'll be worse, actually, coming from you. <laughs> it's the rousing tale of a man who leaves his girlfriend because it's become extremely inconvenient to be with her. She'll love it. I will now, said Charles, seek my uncle. I will tell him how I love her, and at the end of my narration, if he should not object, I would fain introduce her to him, that he might himself see that, let what beauty may have met his gaze, her peer he never yet met with, and may in vain hope to do so. Wow, A+. plus. I would have fucked that up. I don't think girls is your uncle's thing, Charlie. Yeah, I don't, mm. I don't think Admiral yeah. Bell sees much or thinks much of feminine beauty. He shows up with his fucking boat himbo, and they're like, oh, is this your servant? And he's like, kind no. <laughs> and a- anyway. I, I can't lie, but I can't tell the truth. So Yeah. yeah. Like, not exactly. I'll let it sit there. <laughs> My roommate, Jack Pringle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I just love that dashing mustache. You are partial, Charles. Not so. Tis true I look upon her with a lover's eyes, but I look still with those of truthful observation. Well, I will speak to her about seeing your uncle and let you know. No doubt he will not be at all averse to such an interview with anyone who stands high in your esteem. You added a word. <laughs> yeah, you did. You added such. How did you do Wait, that? Wait, what? You, you added made the sentence longer. What? Oh, God. <laughs> Chris, you're going to read the final line. He's gotten bitten. Varney bit him. We have one <laughs> sentence left. It's only 26 words. Chris, you can do this. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. All right. Concentrate. Concentrate. Okay. Okay. Swing better, right. better, better. Let me dab your brow. Okay. Let me get the sweat. <laughs> the young men now separated. Henry to seek his beautiful sister and Charles to communicate to his uncle the strange particulars connected with Varney the vampire. Oh, yes. title drop! Oh my god. Oh, well done, Chris. Okay, so can I summarize here? Uh-huh. Please, by all means. <laughs> Someone rang the doorbell. Everyone argued about who's going to go get it. Then they argued about who was even here to be let in. They saw someone get punched by a vampire. They ran across the lawn to see what was up with him. Everyone introduced themselves. Someone's uncle also came in and there was a lengthy introducing each other segment. And then they all broke off to go into the house and two guys said like, hey, is your sister still around? She's hot. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna give her my book to read. That's it. I think That's so. It. I think you did it. Okay. You've, Riveting you've story. You to the quick of the story. Wow, wow I could do that in fucking three sentences instead is... of 4,000 words. Wow. <laughs> oh my God, the next chapter is so long. Uh, oh no. It really... It, I, I was just about to be like, man, we should have just called you guys on for the next no. chapter because like the idea of getting through that alone hurts. Well, no, it's we, really Olivia long. will be here and I'm truly sorry to Olivia for that. Oh, that's but, right. Um... Oh God, she's going to fall on that sword. <laughs> I was going to say, I might be mysteriously unavailable if the <laughs> next chapter is that long. Oh, oh you, guys are, you guys are safe. Busy. I mean, yeah. yeah I, well, the thing, the thing that I wish they would do is break up each chapter into the sections that they list in the heading. For example, the next chapter says chapter 19, Flora in her chamber, dash, his fears, her fears, dash, the manuscript, dash, an adventure. So, like, it'd be good if they just broke it up, but they don't. So, no. yeah, I, they leave it up to yeah, you they to didn't. do it. 
it's like he like it's like he starts out every chapter going like be really helpful if i busted this out into like little segments and then he gets started and he's like yeah fuck it eh, never mind oh god he really is just leaving his outline at the top of the page when he turns it into the editor huh wait a second i think i figured <laughs> Wait, oh my God. I think I figured something out. What? I think there actually is a gray line to designate a separation in sections. A little, yeah, there's a little, really? little line. There's one, let me see if I'm right. Two, three. No, oh, no, like no, that's, away. yeah, no, that's not true. That's not true. <laughs> I mean, it sort of separates it, but not in this, yeah. Oh, fuck this. God, I, who wrote this? I hate them. I forget <laughs> their name. So we'll have you back next month. Oh. I guess so. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. I was woo. The crowd goes wild. What? Where are they going to? Are they going to introduce a complete other set of characters this time? It's the oh, the ninjas from the Orients came in. Yeah, a, really. Ugh. No, you're thinking of Pride and Prejudice God. and Zombies. Oh, okay. that's oh, a real plot me. point. I wish I was kidding. Oh, why? God, well, because it's lol random. Mm. I remember seeing that book in a bookstore when I was like 14 and be like, that's funny. And then I remember seeing it again when I was 25 and be like, that's dumb. I remember, <laughs> I just remember when everything suddenly became zombies and I was like, this sucks. I hate this. Yeah, no, it was Everything stupid is and bad. zombies. I hate it. Oh, no. Well, thank you for joining us. This was so much fun for us. Yeah, Maybe thanks not for you. But we had a great time. <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm so we glad love putting you guys on the rack every time. I'm so glad that I was here to read like ten like four sentences. It was great. I mean I sort of our sentences. specialty, right? Paris, like it's this is our area of expertise, if anything. Every little bit helps, Paris. It's true. For just pennies a day, you too can sponsor a vampire. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say for just pennies a day, you too can sponsor a terrible book reader. That's yeah, that's what um, that's what's happening. That's true. Go to you can. Well, actually, you can if you sign up for the Terrible Book Club podcast Patreon. You can at patreon.com slash terrible book club. That's true. You can become a terrible book club Patreon, and that can happen. Um <laughs> Although with your current patron, patron, your current patronage to the Antiques Freaks, I guess you're also doing that. But you know, we like we like support too. Come on, <laughs> come on over, come on and listen to us do our weird shit. It's not quite like the Antiques Freaks, but it's kind of similar. It's more terrible books, same vibe. A club of terrible yeah. books, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I don't. I don't have any other vampire notes. Uh, I don't know if anybody else does. Vampire notes. What? Oh, I'm just saying. I don't have anything else left to say unless anyone else does. <laughs> oh, so I. I mean, I always have something to say, but yeah, I guess not that's about, true. Not about this. Good God, not about this. <laughs> yeah. So I guess we can have a side conversation about something totally different. Um, what What do y'all think will happen next in Varney the Vampire? Oh, I think oh, yeah. Flora is going to be like, I'm not reading that fucking book. <laughs> And then they're going to, like, make out, and then she's going to bite him. Oh, no. Uh, oh, God. That's that's my guess. <laughs> the transformation that's, begins. That's my guess. The only, like, response to someone you're going on a date with giving you their manuscript is to bite them, I will say. <laughs> <laughs> you got to be careful of diseases, but yeah. I got the final mix on the Graveborn album today, and I sent it to my girlfriend to listen to, so I feel like I... I'm that guy now. You feel called out? No, no, no. I, when I, no, when I, when I, when I say date, I mean like a just like like a third or second date. Oh. Like, I mean, she doesn't even like metal, so you know. But she Poor likes Rebecca. you. 
<laughs> and you are yeah, you are good you. at music, so like I feel like she will yeah, find something to uh, this... enjoy. In it. <laughs> I literally had a guy ask me to copy edit. We hadn't even been on a date. It was just like just over OK Cupid. He, he was, was like, like hey, OK Cupid, yeah. And he was like, he's like, can I send you my project? And I was like, this is not acceptable. <laughs> Whoa. Whew, yeah, I gotta wait till like date four or five to be like, okay, well, here's my stuff. I, I mean, I do lead with uh, I'm a musician since my job is, you know, teaching music. Can't really hide that part, which became more and more shameful as I got older, but. Oh. <laughs> wait, what's shameful to you? Being musician is not cool to be for in like dating things like past about 23 uh, 24 it isn't unless oh, yeah, you're successful. everyone assumes you're broke yes yeah. 100% it's like oh you're a broke bitch then aren't you <laughs> yeah like you say like you say like oh i'm a musician and their brain is going like i don't make enough money <laughs> to support you <laughs> i can't <laughs> i mean unfortunately we have we, unfortunately our uh our lifestyle has been soiled by those before us and those currently around too um yeah plenty yeah. of people just can't hang but there are plenty of good musicians as well it is kind of an advantage though because i, I see it being like if you want to date with someone and you're a musician and they get past the whole like oh you mean you're poor um <laughs> I feel like there's a chance that the the date would be like, oh, I want to hear your stuff, but but if you're a writer, that's never they're never gonna do that. That's never gonna. I happen. mean, dude, I can't even. You can't even get people to listen to music. Never mind, read a fucking book. I mean, you uh. say that, but there was a guy I went on several weeks worth of dates with, and from like the second date onward, he was like, "When are you gonna show me your books, though?" And you were like, "Okay, I need to ask you how you feel about several things." Before I send them to you, <laughs> it was it was more like cool me delaying stuff. and delaying and delaying because I knew as soon as he saw my books, he would no longer want to see me. <laughs> really? That's my assumption. That's generally how I approach showing people my art too. Oh, that's yeah. See, Chris, Chris gets it. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't had that problem. <laughs> last time, last time a guy asked to see my art, he immediately he ignored what I had sent him, which was like several decapitated deer I had painted, and asked if I ever did nudes of myself. Wow, what a smooth <laughs> oh. operator! Mm. Yeah, that's a fucking dating is so great. <laughs> yeah, just don't do it. That's that's what I did. I just didn't do it. I just stopped. Just don't do it anymore. Well, that's it's just because not... you you found a person. That's Paris. Yeah, I wasn't in the room. That's so mean. No, but I'm standing behind you're the in door, the house like, right like now, sad. <laughs> no, no, my point. No, because well, it's different, right? Dating is when you're like attempting to and going on dates in order to find someone, and I don't do you it. You haven't just like do become a monk. You just found a partner that you want to share your life with. Like that's Paris, they're not doing it because they like to date. <laughs> they're doing it because they must. I'm sorry. I have never, full disclosure, I've never actually even made it to a date. Something has gone so horribly wrong before I even crest that hill. Well, that's not your fault. I have not gone on a single date. Oh it's not your fault. I didn't even make it to that. It's not your fault, D. People are terrible, especially on the fault. internet. God, it's like, I would. It's true. Ugh, yeah. I I mean, we're on the internet. Look at us. Yeah. It's not a good sign. Yeah, we're pretty awful. Yeah. I mean, we, we're supposed to be doing this as like a Patreon read a chapter thing. And it's been like 10 minutes of us talking about ourselves for the past. Like, so, you know. <laughs>
kind of like how a day turns out. You expect one thing, and then they show up, and they keep talking about themselves. <laughs> begin the episode with this we ended the episode with this they've already gotten the content they paid for we read the entire yeah, chapter yeah. we read we read the chapter <laughs> it's, it's not like i'm like hey guys listen to my band it's at www like you know i don't think anyone's <laughs> doing that so patreon.com slash terrible book club that's my patreon that's more relevant to this it's not actually, like actually have you guys plugged your bands on the you guys yeah plug your bands the... oh yeah chris you do you think you can check out Graveborn, my death metal band, at gravebornma.bandcamp.com. It's like Graveborn, but then the state from Massachusetts after because someone else took the other Graveborn URL and it sucks that now it says gravebornma.bandcamp.com. <laughs> if you don't like the screamy stuff, check out my electronic side project, Yearn, at yearn.bandcamp.com. I make the beepy boops and some soft sounds with the guitar Hell yeah. at the same time. Yeah, if you've ever heard the Terrible Book Club theme song, that is actually a urine song that Chris uh, composed and recorded and uh, produced. That sick guitar riff. Yeah, and uh, my band is Concilium. Concilium is an epic heavy metal, epic doom band, so I don't know if anyone listening to this cares about like Candlemass or Solitude Eternus or Solstice or Scald, but it's like that. I am the vocalist. It's concilium.bandcamp.com. If you're like... What the fuck is that C word she's saying? It's C-O-N-C-I-L-I-U-M. Concilium. Thank you. Hell yeah. Both excellent bands. Can't recommend them enough. Mm, y'all are so nice All three. Sorry. Thank One you. is also a... a solo mission. Once I can announce the other thing I did, I will. But for right now, it's, it's secret. Ooh, secret projects. Yeah, it's a sort of dead can dance slash dungeon synth thing uh, that I did with another another heavy metal person so that'll be a thing but i can't talk about it right now oh i'm i'm stoked on it secret dungeon synth secret dungeon synth the best kind of dungeon synth it's a sub dungeon (gasps) it's it's so secretive (laughs) it's a level below paris i i regret to inform you that a sub dungeon is i think not what you're thinking it is very different (laughs) (laughs) very different nice nice no. I just want to let you know before you like put that on your business cards. <laughs> no, 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 no. It will. Creator of a sub dungeon, like, uh-oh. no. This music has more to do with castles than than dungeons. So, so which one of you guys is doing that chapter by chapter like concept album about Barney the Vampire? <laughs> oh God, that would be the most. <laughs> Chris, it would be like if Rich Shapiro was hired to write Var- to do a Varney the Vampire album. Good God. Oh, just like slow oh. acoustic things and like an old man voice going, and then the Admiral opened the door. Or a head vampire bites. Like, oh. Surely, surely the Admiral chapters would be sea shanties, yes? Yeah, oh. the Admiral chapters are sea shanties. I could, never mind. Uh, I just. Do you guys want first crack at it when I become rich, or should I just go ahead and pay Ariana? I don't know. Um... <laughs> My price tag to do that would be quite high. Yeah. I'm not sure there's an amount of money you could pay a human being to write a Varney the Vampire concept album. I, I think I think Arion would genuinely like get excited. So. Oh, you said Arion. I thought you said like Ariana, the name of some friend I don't know. Oh yeah, Arion. Oh, oh, not like yeah, Ariana Grande. Ariana. She's gonna write our concept album for Varney the Vampire. Hi, Arion. Yeah, Arion loves plodding 
concept albums about shit no one cares about. Yes, so. he is. He would be the perfect person to do the Varney the Vampire nine album like <laughs> musical or whatever. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh. All right. All right. Well, thank you all for supporting it's... the podcast through Patreon. <laughs> yes, thank yeah. you. Thanks for tolerating our presence on on this content. We appreciate it. Treat people nicely on dates. And we'll be back with another chapter of Varney next week. Oh, you guys do this weekly? Yeah. God. <laughs> oh my God. I can't leave that in. I can't leave that in. Wait, oh, I'm a patron and I forgot. <laughs> anyway. You have to leave in you have to leave in Paris's quiet horror <laughs> at realizing we do this every yeah, week. Yeah, that's a lot, y'all. <sighs> For the next two years. <laughs> Yeah. All right. All right. Um, shall I? Shall I? Oh, goodbye. goodbye. Shall I? Shall I? Bleh.